Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. Today I'm riding solo. However, I got a good question for you guys. Now the question I have for you is come from a teenager recently, but this is not just uh, a parent question or a teen question. This is a question that I'm going to answer that parents can share this with their kids. You can take my advice for yourselves. Um, If you happen to be a teenager listening to this, you can share this with a friend or perhaps it's some advice or some suggestions that you feel would be helpful for you and your situation. The question I'm referring to is I was speaking to one of my students recently and this tends to happen a lot where um, after class I'll have a couple students come up to me and say, hey, Mr. Cause, can I ask you a question? I go, sure, yeah. And Usually the questions have to do something uh, along the lines of like, hey, so I got the situation with my sibling, with my friend, with um, someone that I used to date, with my parents. How should I handle this? The good thing about it is the lessons that I teach in my class give the tools, and then I can take the tools that I've already taught them in the classes quarter, and I can say, hey, remember that one lesson I taught you? They go, yeah. I go, help me, like talk about this with you so that you can understand how you can use that tool to help you in your situation. So I'll ask them something like, all right, or I'll just tell them, say, tell me in that particular lesson, what exactly is the objective? Like, what are you trying to do? Like the tool I taught them. And so far it's been pretty effective. They'll be like, okay, well, let's say the statements versus questions one um, I was referring to. They'll say, okay, statements are better to start off with because when people leave with questions, you're not quite sure why they're asking the question. It can cause you to become defensive. It can make it really awkward. I'm like, okay, great. Now, let me tell you how you could use this for your friend, for your parent, for whatever the situation is. And that's usually typically kind of how it goes. I give them suggestions and ideas, but the good thing about it is every suggestion idea I give them is based upon something they already taught in the class. Hence, that's the reason why a lot of kids say, wow, I can really use this information right now and not use it potentially, perhaps maybe someday in the future. Well, this time I had a different question and I've had this question a couple different times, but this time I thought, you know what, I should probably do an episode on the podcast about it. This question was from a teenager who had talked about something in our midterm and our midterm uh, gives kids to open up a chance to open up and talk about, you know, some personal stuff, but not too personal because it's not like therapy, but just to let you know their classmates know something about themselves that um that you know maybe they're uh you know keeping you know inside because they don't want to be judged or criticized and so during the midterm if they feel comfortable if they feel like they want to share something more personal they can if not they don't have to well this one uh this one girl shared something in the midterm that caught my attention i thought ooh, gosh i might have to bring this up to her and possibly even report this to her uh to the school counselor her now it wasn't like a reportable thing that i would call department of child family services like that type of reporting because you know if someone confesses something really horrendous or something really bad that's happened to them 
um, then obviously that would be my course of action. I'd, I'd have to report that. But this would be a type of reporting, just letting the counselor know that, you know, this student um, seems to be in a place where they're realizing some things have happened in their life that have, have plagued them, caused them, you know, at least a little bit of trauma. And they're now realizing that they need to deal with this because it's caused them negative effects on their mental and emotional well-being. So the student um, came up to me after the final, which was, you know, today, and said, hey, Mr. Cause, uh, I got a question for you. I said, what's that? You know, as we were talking the final and as I was listening to my classmates and everybody else talk about, you know, their struggles and the stuff they have, you know, going on in their life, I thought to myself that I need some help. And I said, well, what type of help? And she said, like, the mental, emotional kind, like a counselor or a therapist, something like that. I said, okay. I said, is it based upon the things you shared in the midterm? She goes, yeah, after I shared that, it caused me to start thinking. Some other kids said some stuff inside class, made me start thinking. One kid in particular mentioned that they were going to counseling, and it caught her attention. And she said that, she goes, I've, I've been trying to get my mom to, to take me to see someone to, you know, to get some sort of help for a while now. But every time I try to start that conversation, it just doesn't go well. It ends with both of us kind of not in a fight, but both of us kind of disagreeing. And then nothing ever happens. So today she gave me a little bit more detail by telling me that she's brought up to her mom and said, hey, mom, these things in my past uh, that happen, um, they're bothering me, they're plaguing me. Um, I think I really need to talk to someone about it. The mom would say, well, what are you talking about? Like, what happened in your past? And the mom starts getting paranoid and worried. And then the daughter said, she was just recently after the midterm, I told my mom that, uh, you know, there's been some things that I've tried to talk to her about. She said, I know, I know, but you know, those things like we don't really know, like if they're, if they were that bad or if it really happened, maybe you're too young, you know, to remember, maybe you weren't really treated that way. And, you know, the student of mine said this happened a couple of times where she's tried to have the conversation with her mom. But this time in particular, she got exceptionally frustrated with her mom and told her mom, said, hey, listen, I'm being serious. Like, I really need some help with this. And I know you want to help me do anything for me. But every time I bring this up to you, we get in a fight or argument, nothing happens. I'm telling you this because I brought this up in class and made me think about it. And I realized that it's a big issue for me and I need to talk about it and deal with it so I can get past this. And so that I don't have to, like, question myself and, and you know, and, and have these, you know, things that are plaguing me. The mom was like, well, I don't know what to do. This was what the girl told me. The mom said, like, I've called a couple of counselors in the past because you're right. You do need to talk to someone. I just, I don't know. I couldn't find someone. I got disheartened and, and that was it. Then the mom confessed when the daughter brought it up to her a couple months ago, like right when school was starting, the mom said, she's like, well, you know, I, I don't know if we want to deal with that right now. Like, I don't know if we want to just dredge up all that stuff from the past. This was the third time, at least in, in recent past. And so this time the mom was like, well, since you're bringing it up to me a third time, sounds to me like it must be more serious. It must be something that you really are, you know, need to take serious. But one thing that helped the girl, she said, um, she said, the reason why I'm asking you, Mr. Cause, uh, for your help is because when my mom found out that you were a therapist, um, she started listening to a couple of your episodes on the podcast and she started to like some things you said. And the mom said, well, gosh, could you ask him if, if he has a referral or someone that, that he knows that, that could be of help? And, and so I said, all right, that's awesome. And I said, how did you feel when you talked to your mom this time and your mom 
you know, basically said, you know, you're right. You do need to see someone. Um, could you ask your, your teacher if he had any ideas? She said, I felt really good. I felt like my mom listened to me the first time. And she said, I also felt like she was taking it more serious. Well, Astor said, why do you think that is? As opposed to the first two times you brought up, why do you think this time was different? Well, after going back and forth, she's trying to figure it out. She finally came to conclusion. She said, because I told her that I brought this up in class, in front of other people, in front of my teacher, who just happens to be a teen specialist and therapist. And when I told her that all these other people had heard about it, that I felt validated, that it's the best I've felt in a long time. It was almost like the mom hearing it from other people and hearing that her daughter was feeling better just by talking about it in the smallest degree in front of some classmates that she didn't really even share anything deeper personal, but just the little bit that she did share seemed to have really helped her out a lot. So when she asked me this, I said, yeah, of course, you know, I, I got some numbers for you You know, I'll help you and your mom find out, you know, the right person to talk to. But the reason why I want to do the podcast is because this happens a lot. You guys where a parent will get frustrated a teenager will get frustrated um, and they don't follow through because of the frustrations. Now it causes people to get frustrated when it comes to a discussion about like getting counseling, getting therapy. It's usually because this is a sensitive subject. This is not just something like, Oh yeah, I got a toothache. Okay. Well let's go make an appointment, see the dentist. Now the dentist can be uncomfortable. A lot of people are scared of the dentist. Um, a lot of people don't want to go to get their teeth worked on, but they are motivated by something that's undeniable. And that undeniable thing they're motivated by is pain. Now, parents can relate to the pain of a root canal needing to be done, pain of a toothache, that type of pain. They may blame the kid for not brushing their teeth, for not flossing their teeth, for not taking good care of their teeth. But the pain is recognizable. They can relate to it. They can connect on that. The mom, the dad, whoever the parent is, they know that this is a real pain. It's not something that's been made up. No one would talk about the pain of a dentist, uh, that you know, of a toothache and want to go into the dentist to get it fixed if it wasn't bad enough and it wasn't something that was severe. So I liken this to about therapy and counseling is that there is pain motivating people to talk about it. The problem is most people when they tell their parent, hey, listen, I've got a really bad pulsating pain. It's caused me tons of pain. I can't think, I can't focus, can't concentrate. Most parents wouldn't say, oh, well, you'll be fine. Most parents wouldn't say like, well, what's the problem with your teeth? Like your teeth shouldn't hurt. You brush your teeth all the time. It's totally fine. Most parents would look at it, see if their kid's like, wow, that's, they're in a lot of pain right now. And that pain would cause the parent pain. And then the pain would then go from the child to the parent and the parent would make the appointment. Pretty simple process. With mental and emotional well-being, I wanted to talk to you guys about why this is something that's difficult for people to follow through and to make the appointment. And if they go and make the appointment, it doesn't go the way they wanted to or expected it to go the first time, why people are slow to try someone else, work, work at it in a different way, uh, to stick with their, their therapist or counselor. It becomes something for a lot of people that there's a lot of resistance. And the resistance, I believe, is that you can't feel, touch, or see mental and emotional problems. You have to take the word of the person who's telling you that there's a problem. Now, this becomes a challenge with parents and teens because what if the teenager has lied before in their lifetime? What if they've exaggerated the truth? What if they brought up things um, to make the parent feel like they're a bad parent, to get the parent to sympathize 
and to feel bad for them, to let them out of any sort of consequences. Maybe they blame the parent for their problems because maybe the parent had some issues. Maybe the parent didn't fall through and wasn't a great parent that particular time in their life. Whatever it may be, this is not something that people can see under an x-ray. They can't identify it. They can't measure it as easily. So when a young person is telling their parents, hey, listen, I'm struggling. I think I need some help. It's hard for them to boldly state it with confidence and like a firm testimony. Like, hey, listen, I need some help. I need you guys to take this serious because I'm not doing well. And this needs to be addressed right away or else this could happen. This could happen. This could happen. In fact, I don't think I've ever recalled in all my years helping teenagers that a teenager was to be so bold and so aggressive and that assertive when telling their parents that they needed help. Usually it's hints. Usually it's, you know, little nudges. Usually it's a uh, parent saying, hey, you know, I think we need to take you to someone. And the team's like, oh, okay, all right. And maybe the parent thinks, oh, well, they don't really want to go. They're not asking for it. They're not excited about it. Or they're giving me some grief and they don't act like they want to do it or flat out said that they want to do it. This is one of those things, parents, I am telling you, you have to be very proactive. Push, push, nudge, nudge, do whatever it takes. If you feel that there's a chance that your child could benefit from any sort of counseling or therapy, any sort of treatment whatsoever, group therapy with other teenagers, what have you, whatever you think that their issue would benefit from being um, given some assistance, I want you to take the initiative and I want you to push them just as if you're trying to push them to go outside and play with their friends, you know, once the pandemic is over and they've been used to shutting down and staying inside their house. Now, obviously not all kids were like that, but if you had one of those kids that became uh, even more introverted, more isolated, and didn't want to do anything after the pandemic, and you had to nudge them and tell them to go ahead and do something anyways, they got to get out of the house, they got to do it, and then you saw them eventually benefit from doing it, that's the same approach I want you to take. Also, my advice for you parents, if you get disheartened, you get frustrated because you can't find the right person, welcome to the club. To find a good therapist and a good counselor is far more difficult to find a good doctor, in my opinion. The reason being is there's a lot of people that practice medicine. There's a lot of people that have gone through the steps to practice medicine, and the medicine practice does not take a great deal of bedside manner. Now, it's, always, it's obviously better if your doctor has a good bedside manner. And if there's a teenager listening to this that doesn't know what bedside manner is, I mean, like someone's easy to talk to, someone makes you feel comfortable, someone that doesn't make you feel like you're a problem that they were hired to fix, you're just a problem, you're not a person. So bedside manner is just being sociable, caring, loving, compassionate, showing some empathy, showing that they're a real person and making you feel like you're of great concern to them. That is very difficult to do because in my profession, I think that's paramount. It's so important that the therapists have real social skills, the ability to connect with the teenager, make the teenager feel comfortable and secure. And I don't think you make teenagers feel comfortable and secure by saying a bunch of really safe words, talking really safe all the time, and being over, like overdoing it when it comes to being empathetic and compassionate. I think that is not necessary. I think it's unneeded. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a flaw that a lot of therapists in my profession make that they think if they're extra caring and they show in their body language and their facial expressions, extreme love and empathy and compassion all times, no matter what the person says, that somehow that's going to be the right solution. The problem with that, in my opinion, is that therapists, unfortunately, sometimes will do all those big, huge emotional sighs and, and try to match the energy of the client and try to match the energy of the person they're with, try to be very empathetic. 
The problem is, is they might be saying something that doesn't need that much empathy, that doesn't need that much compassion. They might be just telling you some random information so it would make any sense for you to go, oh my gosh. And so how, how did that make you feel? How did you respond to this? Can you write in your journal about this? Unfortunately, in my profession, because you can't see it, touch it, and feel it, a lot of therapists make the mistakes, in my opinion, make the mistake of being too compassionate, too empathetic, and then other therapists make the mistake of being too scientific, too problem-solving. And so I want you to seek out a therapist that you feel you have a good bond, a good connection, that they are obviously official, that they've been licensed, that they have um, all the accolades that, that you would need in a professional but most importantly, after you check all those boxes, make sure they're a person that is reasonable, that's willing to talk with you, that's willing to share with you what their plan is, what their approach is, and be transparent with you versus someone who's just going to say, hey, trust me, I know what to do for your kids. It's all going to work out. In this process of trying to figure out the right therapist counselor for your kid, you have to be assertive. You have to stay in the fight. You cannot allow yourself to become disheartened and frustrated if you don't get the right person the right time or the first time. Also, I want to make sure as well for you parents out there that when your kids are telling you that they need help, that they'd like to talk to someone, asking them questions, well, why do they want to talk to someone? Well, what's going on? What's wrong? Like my life was worse than yours. You don't have it that bad. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from kids that when they brought up to their parents that they were struggling, they had struggles and need help with it, that they got a long lecture from their parents saying, how could you need help? My life was way worse than yours. So I didn't get help. So you should be fine too. Parents, this is a different world we're living in. This is October, 2023. Pretty soon it's be 2024. And before we know it, it's going to be, you know, the 25 year mark of this, uh, of this century. So I think if, if we're real with ourselves, we should be saying things like this times have changed. It's different. My kids don't have to have as horrible as life as I went through for them to have their own struggles, for their own hardships, their own difficulties. And in today's world, you know, they may not be as well equipped to handle the struggles and difficulties because they're not faced with lots of struggle every single day because us as parents have made sure that we eliminate a lot of those struggles, that we take care of a lot of the difficult things, a lot of the heavy lifting so that they don't have to do those things. The problem with that is, by not doing a lot of heavy lifting, by not having a lot of difficult responsibilities, by not having a lot of purposeful struggles, our kids aren't quite sure if they're capable of handling things. I think therapy and counseling, not just for people who are showing serious depression, anxiety, but I think therapy and counseling can be a great way to help a child learn how to develop their core sense of self, develop their own personality, and figure out exactly what they want, what they don't want. They can talk freely. If they're mad about something, they can say, I'm mad. If they're sad, they can say they're sad. If something's funny, they can laugh. I love helping young people just feel what they're feeling when they're feeling it. Don't have to prove that they feel that way. Don't have to convince me that their depression or anxiety, these things are real. Instead, just listening to someone or talking to someone who's listening, knows how to say the right things at the right moment to either validate it or challenge what you're going through. This is what I want every young person, every family to find. And in order to find this, you're going to have to look for it. It's not going to fall in your lap. Many people do not get lucky having good mental and emotional therapy and, and well-being coaching um, right off the jump. People have to explore. They have to look. So I challenge each and every one of you parents out there that are kind of sitting on the fence like, should we do something? Should we not do something? I don't mean to scare you, but you don't want to be one of those parents sitting back saying, wow, 
we should have done more. The signs were there, and for whatever reason, we didn't we didn't acknowledge them, we didn't take them serious, or we just flat out ignored them. I would never want any parent, any teenager that's maybe it's a teenager that's worried about a friend, and their friends open up and say, "Hey, I need some help. I'm struggling, and I really need some help." But my parents aren't taking it serious. If you're a teenager listening to this from your friend, tell your friend thank you for trusting you. Tell your friend thank you for coming to you. And also let them know you're not an adult either, so you'd be happy to help them find the right person that they can talk to, even if it's one of their parents, their uncles, their aunts. But it's very important if you have a friend say these things to you, that they're struggling, that they need help, that they want help, that you do everything in your power to try to make sure that they don't just say it and doesn't go unheard. Parents, same thing. If your kid's telling you that their struggles, whatever, it's naturally, it's natural to be defensive, to want to fix those struggles, to want to make sense of it. I'm telling you, don't try to make sense of what your kids are saying. Listen to them, hear them out. Tell them you're glad that they told you these things and tell them that you're going to take this very serious. And as much as you'd want to know exactly all the details what's going on, they probably need some time to talk to someone to figure out what exactly it is. I know all you parents out there, you love your kids a bunch, but I see so many of you make this mistake. Your kids come to you. They're trying to open up and share something that they don't even know how to talk about. They haven't even figured out exactly what it is. And they'll say something like, I think I need some help and I'm struggling. And then all too often parents will be like, help? Struggling with what? Like, what's going on? Like, tell me what's happening. You're the parent. It's hard for your kid to admit that they need help. I'm not saying you can't help your kids, but I'm saying you may not always be the right person at that moment to help your kids. And if you do want to help your kids, Help them be heard. Help them be taken seriously. Help them have the opportunity to see a real professional that's not emotionally connected or tied to them, that didn't give birth to them, didn't didn't pay for everything uh, throughout their life, didn't buy them anything, didn't ground them, didn't get mad at them. Let them talk to someone and practice their thoughts and feelings and words till they get it just right so they can better express it to you. Because with you as the parent, they may only get one chance to tell you what's going on, you may jump to a conclusion, think that, oh my gosh, it's horrible, this is happening, blah, 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 whatever it may be, and you may jump to conclusions and become too emotional and be the best person to handle this. If you have a kid that's open up and telling you some struggles, do everything to listen to them, validate them, make statements like, thank you, I'm so glad you shared this with me. Man, this must be really difficult for you to go through. I'm so glad we talked about it so you don't have to go through it alone. I have lots of questions. I have lots of things I'm worried and concerned about. However, that's not important for me to know all these answers and everything going on. What's most important right now is that you're safe and you feel that you can talk to me about anything. Now, if there is a safety issue, if they're in danger, um, that's a different thing. You know, then you would have to possibly report that, call someone right away, the police, whatever it may be in your situation. But generally speaking, when your kids tell you that they're struggling and that they want help, and this was something that I never would have thought you would have told me 15 years ago that in 2023, kids are going to be asking for therapy. Kids are going to want to help. And lots of kids are going to be you know, asking for help. And sometimes their parents don't get it to for them because they're scared that they're going to be exposed as part of the problem. Or maybe that they're scared that it's going to open up uh, uh, family secrets and stuff from the past that the parents don't want to deal with and don't want to address. Or maybe the parents are scared that they might be blamed or look like they're at fault. There's a lot of things that could deter us from following through, but in 2023, if your kids ask for help, if you think that they need help, go ahead, make the initiative, make the call, nudge them, push them, keep them in the direction of getting some help, and you'll be thankful that you did.
Now, you guys, uh, I wish I had all the resources for everybody's area that listens to this podcast, but this podcast is uh, worldwide. I'm not Mr. Worldwide. I don't know if you guys know or got that joke, but there's a rapper named Pitbull. He always says that. Anyways, I digress. Point is, the podcast is worldwide. I don't know where you're calling from or where you're listening from, I should say, but I do know in your area and in your sphere of influence, you will find what you're looking for. Do the Yelp reviews, call friends, people that you trust, open up to them, tell them that you're looking for a therapist, a professional, your doctor, anyone that you know, and start doing your due diligence and research. And also expect that it may take a couple different visits before you find the right one. Okay. Well, thank you guys as always for coming in here to listen to the podcast. And as I always say when I have the podcast, if you're fearful, if you're worried, all the stress of family, work, life has got you down on your knees, no need to worry. Just press play and listen to your OGs. Until next time, be cool. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.